Welcome to Brookfield Perspectives, a podcast from Brookfield that explores how the firm invests in the backbone of the global economy. What is that exactly? Things you rely on every day that you may not even think about, like transport logistics facilities, hydropower plants, and fiber optic cables. Investing in these critical assets helps support and accelerate the pace of progress in businesses and communities. I'm Lauren Steffi, and I've been writing about energy and investing for the better part of three decades. I'll be your guide as we meet the business leaders at one of the world's largest alternative asset managers. We'll talk about where the rubber meets the road at innovative companies and projects around the globe. In our first season, we're taking a deep dive into Brookfield's mission to power the global transition to net zero carbon emissions. For a look at the big picture and why addressing climate change is so important, check out our first episode, which features a conversation with Brookfield's Mark Carney and Connor Teske. In today's episode, we'll explore the world of distributed generation and decarbonization as a service. These two lines of businesses are crucial to a greener future. My guests today are Jay Vavena and Valerie Hanna. Jay is a managing partner in Brookfield's Renewable Power and Transition Group. He's well positioned to tell us about what Brookfield's doing in this area and their global distributed generation strategy. Valerie is Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer in Brookfield's Renewable Power and Transition Group, responsible for leading and developing the North American Decarbonization as a Service platform for Brookfield Renewable, which includes the Luminase and Standard Solar brands. Luminase helps over 400 customers across the education, government, and private sectors reach their decarbonization goals by providing cutting-edge, turnkey, clean energy solutions. Valerie will share how all this works in practice. Well, Jay, welcome. Thank you. Great to have you on. Valerie, great to have you. Let's start out with just a very basic question for any listeners who may not be familiar. Valerie, tell us what is distributed generation? When most people think of power generation, they think of the large centralized power plants that require long transmission lines to deliver electricity to where it's actually needed or used. So when we're talking about distributed generation or distributed energy resources, it's really a decentralized energy model that consists of various technologies that are typically smaller in size and produce electricity on site or where it's actually needed. Now, these different technologies, they can include rooftop solar parking, canopies, community solar, battery storage, EV and charging stations. And could also include energy efficiency measures, which don't generate electricity, but they do help reduce the overall electricity used to run buildings or industrial processes. And tell us a little bit about how Brookfield got into the business. We started investing in distributed generation back in 2017. It was long before other players were investing in a meaningful way. And the reason we were big believers in DG is we really saw a path to phenomenal growth in the space. We did a number of deals, and today we have the largest distributed generation business in the United States. So starting off at 400 megawatts, we today would have close to 8,700 megawatts of operating and development projects. And so this would be enough energy to power the state of South Dakota, for example, annually. Wow. So it's a lot. That's not a small amount of electricity there. So Val, coming back to you, talk a little bit about decarbonization as a service. Why is the market so attractive? 
I think the easiest way to articulate the actual opportunity here is to draw an analogy with the IT world, which a few decades ago transitioned into that as-a-service model. When you look back at that time, most businesses had large IT staffs. They made their own investments in servers and other equipment and customized software. They dealt with multiple vendors. And it really diverted time and resources away from the core business that the management was trying to run. Now, given the complexities around the energy space and the whole decarbonization and transition to net zero space, I really think that this is going to follow that same path as IT towards that as a service model. So give us some examples of how you've helped customers achieve those decarbonization goals. We recently completed a rooftop solar project for Uniqlo, the global retailer, and in working with them on phase two to meet their transition requirements. We also recently completed a community solar project, which has customers for that project, such as Nike and Microsoft, and help them meet their transition goals in a cost-effective way. We're also in a number of discussions with potential customers across different industries, the tech industry, pharmaceuticals, manufacturing, and real estate. Jay, let me bring you in here. How does distributed generation fit into the overall Brookfield portfolio strategy? Across the globe, from India to the UK and all the regions in between, we are working on distributed generation. We have a very global platform and we have customers which we can work with across different jurisdictions. I think that's a very important competitive advantage for us. Other players might be focused on certain regions while we can provide solutions multi-country. The other thing we can do is move across multiple verticals. We're not a provider of just one product like solar. When companies decide to get serious about their ESG goals, often we will be an early call because we can help them on all those attributes. Valerie, we hear this term resiliency a lot in the market. What does that mean? If you think about islanding yourself off from the transmission grid and to produce your own electrical needs and store that through your own storage system and backup generation, it allows you to keep operating your business even with the transmission line down. Whether that's because of a hurricane or a blizzard or any other type of events, you'll be avoiding that downtime and lost profits associated with those grid outages. And that's a tremendous value proposition for customers. Jay, let's talk a little bit about the Inflation Reduction Act in the United States. It's obviously gotten a lot of attention. It has a lot of things in it to help with development of renewables and other incentives. Talk a little bit about, from your vantage point, how that affects your business and how it's playing out with customers. Absolutely. The IRA is a real game changer for renewable energy in the U.S. There are some very prominent incentives that are provided and distributed generation benefits from a step up to a 30% ITC. Essentially, that's an investment tax credit on 30% of the capital cost off a project. It really helps reduce the end charge a customer pays because it provides some of the capex. It's available for not just solar for the first time. It's also available for battery storage. We really see this supercharging growth very significantly. If you're thinking about distributed generation, there's some real advantages of moving to install it today because of these tax incentives. 
In addition, there's additional adders and incentives for community solar projects and projects that are in low and moderate household income communities, for example. So on top of the 30% IDC, various other incentives can be stacked. We really see this as a way for us to deploy significantly more capital. Let's take the big picture here, and I'm hoping you can both weigh in on this, but how do all of these things fit together? We're talking about decarbonization, resiliency, the incentives of the IRA. What do all of these things mean in terms of tackling climate change? What do you see the outcomes being? We see this as being a pivot point for renewables. Renewables have been growing quite strongly for the last decade, but it's still the tip of the iceberg. It's still early days. We're getting to this confluence of factors that is actually going to lead to a step up in the deployment of renewable energy. From the Brookfield perspective, we have the focus, we have the development and operational expertise. And so we're ready to go and help customers who are getting serious about meeting their ESG goals by deploying that capital and helping them develop new projects. I think when you look at the transition to net zero, There's really no silver bullet to get there, as Jay articulated earlier, in terms of the multiple different technologies and approaches that we could use to help customers achieve those goals. These can be in the form of distributed generation or distributed energy resources. This could be carbon capture. This could be large-scale renewables. This could be a number of different items, including nuclear. In terms of focusing on the distributed energy resources, I think the confluence of the Inflation Reduction Act, which provides incentives across the different technologies, solar storage, electric vehicles, charging stations, that helps accelerate that growth. The IRA really gives you a longer-term view that we haven't had in the industry, which really acts as an accelerant. When you talk to your customers, what are the things that they're most surprised about when you present them with these options, with these services? The most surprise really comes from the ability to deliver all of these different solutions, customized to their business, while also achieving reductions in their electric bill. Most businesses out there believe that in order to transition to net zero, there's a trade-off on costs, but that trade-off really isn't there. Jay, feel free to weigh in on this. How are we going to see some sort of real-world or tangible benefits as consumers, as your customers and whatnot? How does this play out? As distributed generation grows and decarbonization as a service grows, what you're doing is you're providing customers with greater choices. And those greater choices lead to significant benefits. As Valeria mentioned, if a transmission line is down, that can cause some very serious issues. We've seen this in action in Texas. Energy is a very integral part of the requirements to get to net zero. A lot of the carbon emissions will, when you work through it, come from energy. So having clean, reliable power on site is one way to meet those goals. Valerie, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I would say, as I earlier mentioned, we're really in the first innings on the decarbonization as a service for our customers. And I think the different technologies that we offer across these decarbonization as a service, customers will avail themselves more and more of that deep technology stack, as opposed to sticking with just solar and storage, which is really the tip of the spear in the whole decarbonization as a service business. People are now starting to look at more and more of the different other technologies that complement those. If I'm a building owner or a business operator, what are some options you can put on the table for me? 
starting with solar that we can put on the rooftop or in adjacent parking lots or adjacent parcels of land to get that energy generation capabilities. Combine that with storage that also brings in that resiliency into the mix, such as we talked about when there's grid transmissions down. So solar storage, microgrid it off gives you the ability to keep running your business and have that resiliency when there's a downtime on the transmission grid. Valerie, if you could give us a quick explanation of what a microgrid is. A microgrid is essentially a small scale electrical grid that is located on site that governs the interaction between your on-site generation, solar, for example, and your storage, as well as any demand energy resources that you have on-site and any backup generation. And it allows you to control the interplay with all of those different resources. So just give me an example of that. What would it look like? It's really just a smaller scale electrical grid that you can do on just one building on a tire manufacturing plant or on a university campus. It's that separation between your own generating assets and the electrical grid. More of your customers or staff that are working in your business are driving electric vehicles. The ability to provide those charging stations in your parking lot is key. You can put in more efficient HVAC systems and smart controls for your buildings, as an example. That will help you lower your overall energy use, which results in lower emissions and cost savings. Jay, I've asked you about customers, what they find exciting, but let me ask you, just as somebody who's worked in this business, who has some unique visibility, what most excites you about the opportunities with all of this technology? One of the greatest parts of this business is there's so many bright minds looking at solving the issues that are out today. A lot of new technologies are evolving. And even though solar technology and storage technology is very well established, there are areas where software can be used to balance a grid. Excess power that is generated to be sent back to the grid. Real optimization question and efficiency question. Every electron that's generated. How do we use it so that it's providing the most value to the customer that needs it? There's also ways to manage demand. And again, software can play a very important role in doing that. So from my perspective, very intelligent software and technologies that are out there, ones that we look at investing in, I think they're going to significantly improve the usage of distributed generation over time. So Jay, I think a lot of people don't think about the role that software plays in power delivery and things like load balancing when it comes to renewables. Some of that technology, even 10 years ago, was kind of in its infancy. There's been huge advances made in that. So when you look out another 10 years, when we factor in things like AI and all these other things that people are talking about, how is that software side of things likely to transform the business? I think we're going to be surprised with the advancements. You can have software that's extremely intelligent that when you plug in your car to charge, for example, if the battery in your car actually has power, you could send that back to the grid. Your car suddenly becomes a battery, similar to pump storage that has been used in the grid for decades. So I think there's a real efficiency that we have to extract. Your demand for power in many jurisdictions around the world declined because of efficient demand response software and energy efficiency. And I think in 10 years, every unit of generation is going to be more valuable and used more efficiently, which is going to be very good for everyone. Yeah. And if I can maybe jump in on that one as well. When you look at all of the different 
technologies, your on-site solar, storage, electric vehicles, energy efficiency measures. All of those can be defined as what we call behind the meter, which means they're generated on site and there's not the necessity to pull in the electricity delivery from the centralized power plant through the long transmission lines. The ability that the software will unlock is to aggregate these disparate resources and to feed power back into the electrical grid when it's not being consumed on site. And that actually adds to the value proposition for the customer. It provides overall benefits to the electric grid. Ten years from now, I see the distributed energy resources becoming a significant portion of the electrical infrastructure of the country. So instead of being a one-way street, like power distribution has been historically, you turn on the light switch and the power comes to you. We're actually looking at it being like a two-lane road or even a highway where everything's kind of going back and forth. Is that sort of the way things will look in the future? Yeah. And this software to provide you that two-lane highway, as we described, the ability for that aggregation of all of these disparate distributed energy resources, it really is going to form a significant component of the electrical infrastructure for the country. I really believe that's going to be the case in a decade or so from now. That's it for today's episode. Thanks to Jay and Valerie for sharing their expertise in distributed generation. You can listen to any of our episodes about decarbonization in the Brookfield Perspectives feed now. Stay tuned for our next arc, which will explore deglobalization, geopolitical shifts, and how these trends are driving a need to build out the backbone of the global economy. Infrastructure, supply chains, energy, specific classes of real estate, and more. Audiation.